Life Happens with Pinelo Mutine. Pinelo Mutine on SAFM. On SAFM. Good afternoon. It's nine minutes after one o'clock. Thank you so much for being with us. This is Life Happens and it's a Thursday. So, you know, I thought I was going a bit berserk um, for the past couple of days because I kept thinking, could it be the dogs farting? (laughs) Could it be a leaked pipe? What could the smell be? And then after about two, three days, and in fact, I did look, I looked all around my house for maybe a leaked sewage pipe or something. Was something rotting? What was happening? And then after a while, I started seeing people speak on on, on social media. And then I started seeing the the reports coming through. Um, I think even uh, the uh, Gauteng weather started, you know, alerting us to um, pollution in the air. I wasn't sure if I was connecting the right dots. So I wasn't sure. I wanted to see more evidence of could this be or maybe something else is happening in my house. And so I'm left to believe perhaps... It is the pollution or is it the pollution? I don't know. And maybe you're as confused as I am. Rico, um, Rico Europido is an environmental health campaign manager at Groundwork. They've done a lot of work on air pollution, um, not only just this week, but they've been doing it for a while. And I just wanted to get a sense of whether we are on the right track. Are we are we all on the same page? Is this what it is? Or maybe we are completely off. Rico, thank you so much for making the time to talk to us. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Camilla. Good afternoon to you and your listeners. So because you, you know so much about air pollution and you have done a lot of work actually in this area and litigations and so on for, for many other communities, your sense of what we've been smelling, and maybe let me ask you, have you been smelling anything? Well, unfortunately... Or fortunately, rather, no, because I'm not living in Johannesburg. I'm living in Durban, but I've been following social media, and it does. Lucky uh, you. Like very smelly. So the smell, Rico. I'm trying to. I'm trying to describe the smell. It. It's sporadic, right? So it's not consistent. And that's what I think has been confusing many of us. It's sporadic, and it it smelled a little bit like it's bursts of it. Very, you know, sort of quite pungent bursts of it. And it does smell like, I thought there was a sewage burst or something. It, it really did smell like that kind of thing. I don't know if that's what everybody's smelling, but that's what I've been smelling. From what you've been hearing, and maybe some investigation has gone, has gone to your desktop, what's going on? So I've been, I've been trying to figure it out too, through social media threads and, and looking at the various press releases and looking at what the South African Weather Service, uh, Weather Service has put out. And, you know, to begin with, everybody was pointing their fingers at, at sulfur dioxide. Mm. Um, this is, this is the, the common pollutant that comes out of, you know, massive coal-fired power stations, which mm. we have a lot of in South Africa. Um, and, and we have a lot of sulfur dioxide pollution generally. And it's one of our criteria pollutants. We monitor it for it at our monitoring stations. But that's not the smoking gun. The, the real smoking gun in all of this is something else because not all sulfurs are equal. Some are smellier than others. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it's something called sulfur, uh, uh, it's hydrogen sulfide, H2S. And, and the reason why we can kind of pinpoint hydrogen sulfide is because it has this characteristic 
rotten egg, yes, horrible, yes. horrible <laughs> sewage kind of smell. Yes, um, and 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 we have a plausible we have a plausible explanation. We we kind of think we know where it's coming from, um, and and it's it's all and it's to do with a construct in this case with a little bit of meteorology. Yes, but with also past history. Um, in South Africa, we, we produce synthetic fuel from coals. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Sassel Secunda plant does this. Um, and, and not too many other countries in the world do it also. In, in China, they do it. But in, in Sassel Secunda, we know that they have a past history of having problems with um, H2S, with, with hydrogen sulfide. And, and in particular, we know that they release a hell of a lot of it. In fact, 10,000 kilograms an hour, 80,000 tons a year. That's 80 million kilograms of H2S a year. And and just to give you a comparison, in China, where they also have these dirty plants that make synthetic fuel from coal, they are not allowed to release more than 3 kilograms per hour. So less than a thousand of the the standard and of the allowable limit in South Africa, and because of of this massive amount of pollution that comes out of the Sassel plant, and because the, the meteorology was was almost like the perfect storm, you had these these winds blowing in exactly the right direction because of the weather that, that was happening in in Mozambique, and and because you can smell this at very very at low concentrations, less than 0.05 parts per million. You can smell this hydrogen sulfide. Because of that, um, the whole of Gauteng province, and, and we've done some modeling with some experts, it, it, you can see that, that the real culprit in this regard is uh, the Sassel Secunda plant. Hmm. You are so clear about what that could be, and you've also pointed to the fact that this may be historic. So it's not some, it's not a sudden, you know, realization of the fact that we've got a new problem. Where are the regulators here? The regulators on on Wednesday announced that they are investigating. This is the local authority um, co-released a, a media release with the Department of Environmental Affairs. So this is Khatsubande Municipality. They said they are investigating um, the Sassel plant and um, it's got something to do with upset conditions at the plant. But, you know, it's, it's, it's not necessarily that this is just a once-off air pollution kind of incident that's going to affect our health. Yes, we can smell it. And, and yes, it causes distress. And yes, in the time of COVID, when we're all so on edge, you know, it, it, it makes us even more on edge and, and it has a huge kind of impact on our mental health and well-being. But the real, real problem, the underlying issue is that we have a systemic air pollution problem in our country because our industry is dirty, it's old, and our regulator is unwilling and unable to regulate properly. Our local authorities are not equipped at all to, to, to regulate air pollution in a meaningful way. Our provincial authorities don't support our local authorities as they meant to in, in terms of our laws. Mm-hmm. And our national government 
demonstrates their inability to regulate industry by constantly giving them a free pass, mm. by, by allowing them not to have to meet air quality standards. So that's the problem. Rico, I, I know it's a tough balancing act and many people will tell you, you know, working with, you know, balancing the economics of the country, the needs of the country, then uh, business and then environment and, and all of our interests. It's a it's a tough balancing act. But but I think we've come completely gone off the rails, haven't we? I mean, what you're saying is that, yes, there are countries that still have similar problems, but it's kind of manageable. Where we are is is completely off the rails. Well, you know, we we have to we have to begin putting a peg in the sand yes. and drawing the line yes. at, at some point. Um, we think COVID is bad. What what COVID has 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 taught us? Let's just reflect for a second on COVID. It's it's given us a, a small reprieve from dirty air. So all of a sudden mm. during the lockdowns we had. We had some cleaner. That cleaner shows you just how unsustainable the normal is. It shows you how unsustainable our normal economy is. Mm. If we don't have clean air, if we don't have clean water, if the Val River is mm. systemically polluted, mm. Mm. if our air is systemically polluted, if we have sterile soil, where are we going to live? Mm. You know, we, we can't join Elon Musk and go to Mars. That's it's not going to happen. Not in our lifetime. Well, well, what we then start seeing is 90 rand for two evos. <laughs> that, that's, that's what we start seeing because there's a ripple effect. And until we all connect the dots to why we are at the point where we are, because either we're going to have to import a lot of the stuff or it's a hell of expensive to produce what we would ordinarily be paying less for. You yeah, know, and water and so on and energy and all of that. Exactly. And and if you don't have a healthy environment, you can't tell me you're going to have a healthy life. Imagine you smelt that smell every day. Mm. And and imagine I was the government and I said to you, you know what, um, Danilo, it's, it's the smell of development. That's, that's development. If, if we don't have, if you don't have development, then we're not going to have jobs. But, but you know what, if we reflect on development, if we look at how many jobs and the state of our economy from the development that we've had. You can't tell me that that's sustainable development. Massive unemployment, almost 50% youth unemployment in most of these mining towns. Are you telling me that that is the face of development? <laughs> because if that is the face of development, that's not development that I want. R- I want my children to have better prospects than that. Yeah. Rico, you're a video. Let me just take a quick break. Um, what I want to also tell you is that there is a new number that we're using today. I, I remember telling you yesterday that we were having problems with our lines. So you can start dialing in. Uh, we're speaking about the air pollution that, well, I was certainly experiencing. 011. 482 is the number to dial 1510 0114821510 I'll be back with more after this Life happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM leading the conversation Good afternoon Pimelo um it's to me here in Kempton Park wow I have been smelling the very same thing over the past two days honest to god like i've been i would open the windows and just check what's going on and are there any leakage exactly the same it's been horrible Phew. <laughs> interesting that it's actually around johannesburg wow
Good afternoon to you, Pimelo, and the listeners, you know, your topic on the bad smell. It takes me back to our initial hard lockdown when we got the Moody's downgrade. At that particular time, what our government did is that they illegally doubled the carbon emission levels in the country, which used to be a 500 ml per cubic meter. They now made it 1000 ml per cubic meter. This was done illegally and uh, beyond international standards. And uh, that's why we're having the situation now of bad smells. This is just the beginning. It's going to get worse. Thank you from chapter two. Yes, good day, Pimelo. This is Pulang from Bloemfontein. Pimelo, it's quite funny that you're actually mentioning the whole smell that everybody has been smelling. You know, yesterday uh, in the evening, I was with my partner and I asked him, baby, is it your car that is smelling like this? Because I'm smelling some oil or something that's rotten. And then when we went outside, I was like, my goodness, I'm smelling a burst sewer. I don't know what actually that is. And it's quite funny. I'm in Bloemfontein, Pimelo, and here you are talking about it, yet you are in Jobek. What's actually this? Rika, I mean, it's it's quite scary when you actually hear the accounts. They sound exactly the same. All, All of us have been smelling the same thing. So we are here now. I want to understand if, why is it that development has continued to be the same like we were experiencing development in the what was it industrial revolution era why why have we not moved on why have we not done it better rico well to to answer your question i think we need to think about you know what has development what has been the consequence of development Mm. the way it's happened Mm. now uh, our development has has been fueled by fossil fuels, essentially. I mean, that's that's the, the root cause of, of many of our problems today. Um, air pollution is the same side, is the other side of the coin of, of climate change. Mm. Now, we all know that climate change is something that is big and something that is going to be very disruptive in our lives and is going to cause us to, to have to, you know, make radical changes. Now, when we have a lot of air pollution, that's it's 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 the the driver for climate change. Our our economy is is carbon intensive. You know, Sasol Fecunda as a single entity, if if it was a country, it would be among the biggest greenhouse gas emitters in mm, the world. Mm, mm. Just one one company, and our entire country's economy is is carbon intensive. It's carbon intensive. It's it's driven. It's underlined and underpinned by fossil fuels. So, but. But we know we don't have to do it that way. Mm. We, we can change. And, and, and there's, there's lots of examples of that change that are happening everywhere. Now, we have COVID. COVID is a crisis. We're going to have massive stimulus to, to help us deal with COVID. If we continue to use that stimulus, that economic stimulus, mm. all that money, mm-hmm. if we invest that money in the same, mm. um, the same development mm. Mm. Um, model, mm. we are going to have a lot of trouble. We can use that money differently. Mm-hmm. We can say, let's use that money to develop in a different way mm. that relies on renewable energy. Because renewable energy now is not only cheaper to build than cost, mm-hmm. but it's also cheaper to run than cost. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a massive 
that's a massive calculation. That's a massive benefit. The, the, the question, though, Rico, is, is there a willingness to do that? Is industry ready to do the right thing? Well, it's not. You know, we shouldn't leave that choice to industry. Mm. We, can't, we can't have industry holding a, a gun to us, holding us to ransom. If, if we say that the benefit of renewable energy is not just that there's no air pollution mm. coming out of that. Mm. But there's also a co-benefit. Mm-hmm. It means less people are sick. Less people need need to stay away from work because they're too sick to work. They, they're losing... You know, productivity. Where I'm failing to understand all of this, Rico, is that if you and I get it and we are not running these uh, conglomerates, right? And, 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 and you are saying that it can be beneficial even to the big mining company and they have experts who actually can tell them that. I'm failing to understand why then the transition is so difficult. Well, the transition is difficult at the moment because it's it's a little bit chaotic and it, it, it hasn't been structured and it hasn't been planned. Um, but but there are clues that it can be a lot less um, chaotic. Mm. The, the president has, has, has constituted what's called the Presidential Commission for Climate Change. Mm. He's asked stakeholders from civil society, from industry, from government, to, to come and participate in that. Yeah, and, and but Rico, let me, let me cut you in there. Sorry, because I'm running into a, a timing problems. Yeah. I hear that. And and all of this for me is, is a lot of speak because what I was also hearing you say was that there is failure to hold these companies to account. So he says the one thing, but on the ground, I cannot buy the fact that we have to be telling somebody that there is a smell in the air. Surely there are monitors out there. Surely they can see this coming because their monitoring system should be telling them that. And we shouldn't be the ones telling you on the radio that there's a funny smell in the air. You should be telling us. In fact, there's a leak or there's this problem or we've got this amount of pollution in the air. What I'm trying to say is that it's one thing for the president to tell us about conversations and participation when on the other hand, we cannot even work with the legislation that currently exists. You know, you, 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 you're raising a good point. You've nailed it. Government must demonstrate by, by acting. Government mustn't just speak and, and they must hold the people to account. And, and we have to hold government to account, you know. So, so it's we all in this, um, and and we all have to we all have to take that responsibility. The, the environment ministry is is main, you know, it's a Cinderella ministry compared to uh, minerals and, and energy, or to uh, to finance, to treasury. Treasury needs to step up, and mm. treasury needs to say. The buck stops here. Mm. Our investments from now, we're not going to give fossil fuel companies any more subsidies unless you can demonstrate a pollution reduction plan, unless you can demonstrate a transition that is just, that includes the poor, that includes, you know, all stakeholders, that takes us to a zero um, carbon economy. Then then Treasury needs to begin, you know, to, to act in a way that shows and demonstrates leadership. If we don't have that, we, we are all you know, going to suffer the, the fate of climate yeah. change. Maggie and Colin, I see you and I see all of your voice notes coming through. Let me just take a quick break for Utsile, which is um, time for the headlines. It is 1.30. I'll be back with you after that. At SFM Radio and at Pimelo Mutile on Twitter. Good day, listeners. Are we experiencing the same thing here in Kimberley? 
This morning we were making jokes of it, then we thought someone's stomach has been upset. But as you recall now, we're smelling everything the same, the same everything. I'm just busy thinking now, how far does it go? If it's covering Johannesburg, Kimberley, Free State, then probably it's something else. Uh, I don't know. How do you explain this? Yeah, it's definitely not pleasant. So earlier on today, Stephen Reuters spoke to Albi Mudise, who is the head of communications for the Department of Environmental Affairs, asking him exactly of, of what we've now discovered to be an issue in the air. It's not, it's not my tummy. It's not your dog's tummy. It's something in the air. This is what Albi had to say. The report we're getting from the scientists is that uh, the stench that has been engulfing the airspace in the Pumalanga and uh, most parts of Gauteng could possibly be as a result of uh, elevated levels of sulfur dioxide and hydrogen sulfide. The department today, jointly with the Hartsebande municipality, which is the district where the um, the Sassol Secunda operations are located, we will be paying them a visit just to establish exactly what the problem could be. We've been made to believe that that operation might be the source of the stench. Our our, our visit today seeks to firstly establish whether that is the source, and secondly, if it is the source, what has been done by the operation to make sure that they mitigate or they avert uh, the recurrence of that. But also, I need to mention the fact that no uh, one might not want to preempt that particular visit. It's important to note that the National Environment Management Act has got Section 30 of the under the air quality that deals with how operations must account for the emissions that they uh, they release into the atmosphere. Those emissions must be in compliance with the minimum emission standards. We are a country with a number of uh, industrial developments, but also with operations that uh, emit into the atmosphere. So we, we as, a, as a regulatory department, we have put in place minimum emission standards for the control of hydrogen sulfide uh, from you know, most of those uh, uh, pollutants, such as refinery sectors and uh, synthetic gas uh, productions. But of course, you have to understand the fact that in those operations, sometimes mistakes happen. Sometimes there are leaks and you end up with that kind of stench. So you, our arrival there is to firstly establish if there has been that, but also to get to the bottom of it, our idea is also that we need to make sure that in instances where there had been leaks, uh, or there had been any 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 particular uh, carelessness on the part of the operator, the instruments available at the disposal of the regulator would be readily employed to make sure that whoever is responsible is made to pay for that. There's no hint that I've seen yet, LB, that this is dangerous, right? I mean, it might be dangerous for prolonged exposure over a long time if you live right there, but it's not generally dangerous to just smell this. Look, at this point, our, our scientists tell us that at the, at the, the current stench that we've experienced might not necessarily be dangerous to the human health. But of course, it's important that we continue to monitor that because by now we had expected that it would have cleared. Uh, that people experience this uh, exposure to hydrogen sulfur, they, uh, sulfur odor. Sometimes they complain of, uh, you know, it, that, that pollutant causes, um, you know, odor nuisance, you know. Uh, but to the health of the people, of course, there are those who might argue that they get slight headaches here and there, but we uh, continue to monitor the situation. We don't want to downplay the impact on the human health. But the picture we have at this point is that it might not necessarily be that much harmful to the human health. But of course, we understand the fact that uh, 
different people have got different conditions. And it's important for us to be, always be sensitive of that fact. Hmm. Let me go to Maggie, who's calling from Don Park. Maggie, thanks for your patience. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Solo. I am surprised and amazed if the, the guy that he was talking just now that this is not harmful. Mm. This, it's, it's impossible. Mm. How, how can we all... I mean, there is Eastern, mm. and it has been... But this thing, it had once happened last year. There mm. was a smell for the whole week, and it stopped. Mm. And now it's back again. Mm. But now, what proof does he have mm. to say that this is not harmful? Mm. To our, it's harmful. We used to stay next to the mines mm. where we were staying in Joshua. Mm. And a lot of people there, we contracted TB. Mm. So now how, uh, how, how impossible it is that you cannot contract any disease? There are people... People that the, the, system, the immune system is very low, mm. and then they are vulnerable to such mm. things. Mm. So, if they know that there are companies, they are, they say they are regulating the companies. Mm. I, I, I mean, is it on a daily basis? Mm. Because they've got each each company mm. has to have somebody who's regulating Absolutely. it. Absolutely, to see that I mean, like inspectors Absolutely, inspect the, the stuff every every on a daily basis to see if there are leakage or not. Mm. Until we complain as as a society that mm. there's a smell in mm. the, there's a stench in the air. This is not acceptable. Absolutely, Maggie. I fully agree with you. Colin, you're in Cape Town. Hi, how are you, Colin? Hi, Pumela. Nice talking guess. to you. How are you? Pumela. Yes. We, we've got no smells in the Western Cape. <laughs> We've got the South are you going, are you calling to gloat, Colin? Are you calling no, to gloat? Yes. Because we we fortunate to have the South Easter here. Mm-hmm. And you know I enjoy I get up five o'clock, I go onto my veranda and when the northwester blows you can smell the sea. Oh stop air. it. Oh stop it, no. Colin. <laughs> you see your your, um, your um, person yeah. on the radio this morning. Yes. We don't know the source of the problem. Yeah. So how on earth can he say it's it's not harmful to humans yeah. if they can't find the, the yeah. source and the problem to analyze the problem. Absolutely. So I don't listen to everybody that comes on your radio and talks nonsense. Hey, Colin, thanks for calling. Colin, and, uh, another, thing too, yep. Yep. another thing too, yep. we humans contribute also to this. Because <laughs> I'll tell you what, uh, Tuesday we had, Tuesday we had um, a demonstration here in uh, Kalicha mm. area. Mm-hmm. And the northwester was coming up. You mm-hmm. could smell the burn of rubber, tires, and all those things. Mm-hmm. Now, I've heard on your radio that they have up to 3,000 uh, demonstrations a year. Now, if each one burns 30, 40 tires, there'd be 60,000 tires that smoke and tires melting, going up into the air. So we, South Africans, must also realize we contribute to whatever smell we smell. Thanks, Pumalema. <laughs> You've got small problems, Anna Colin. Thanks for that. <laughs> you really have small problems, Colin, in Cape Town. I'll be back with you, Rico. Let's just take a quick break. Life Happens with Pimelo Modine. Good afternoon, Pimelo. My name is Rakla Umabula and Lepalale. You know, I work at a community radio station this side, and two days ago, it rained so heavily. Um, and, you know, on my way back, then yesterday, when I was preparing to go back, 
I realized there was this very foul smell in the car. Um, I even told the person I often travel with that, you know, it, it felt it felt like uh, someone just relieved themselves in the car, you know. I even had to use some scan to kind of kill that. And in, in the back of my mind, I thought perhaps it was because of the rain. We got inside wet, among other things. But wow, you and the lady in Bloemfontein have smelled what we have smelled here in Lepalale. How shocking. So, Rico Europido is an environmental health campaign manager at Groundwork. They have been tracking all of this for a very long time. So, this is not very new to them. They know exactly what they're talking about. So, Rico, one of the things that I want you to highlight is that this is not an environmental problem. It's a health problem. Yes. And, and I want to specify that because just like the lady who called from, um, I think, from the East Rand a little bit earlier, Maggie, I, I don't buy it. I don't buy the fact that we're here and we have to, all of us, I mean, listen to the number of people who are saying, I've, I've smelled that, I've smelled that, and I'm there, and I'm there. I cannot buy the fact that we are here where we are and alerting the officials that there is a smell. Where are the health and safety regulators? You know, LB was talking about the regulators, but, but isn't the regulator supposed to be there anyway? So, so let's talk about air pollution as a health issue, yes. purely a health issue. Yes. Now, that SO2 that's coming out of the power stations and the dust and the particles and this hydrogen sulfide that's coming from the secunda works, mm. all of that combines in the atmosphere and it causes what is called fine particulate matter, mm-hmm. very small particles. And this is the real crux of the matter. Air pollution is responsible for a massive global burden of disease. Mm. At least 9 million people, by the latest estimates, die from air pollution. And it's not just respiratory disease. It's not just asthma or, you know, uh, having sinuses or bronchitis. It's heart attacks. It's a variety of, of vascular diseases. It affects your you know, respiratory diseases that affect some cancers. And, and this is the real crux of the matter. If we look at particulate matter pollution in Gauteng, in the Vol Triangle, just to the south, and in the High Salt, in Pumalanga, to the east, the air pollution for that particular pollutant is very high. And that is the most important public health pollutant we have. In fact, the WHO chief, Dr. Tedros, said that air pollution is a silent pandemic mm. in the world. And, and this, is, this is where we need to take air pollution and, and its, its subsequent and consequent impacts, climate change, etc., much more seriously. Mm. We need to know exactly how big is that burden of disease in South Africa. And we don't do that mm. because, because the Department of Health are not really vested in that, you know, we, they're dealing with HIV and TB and malaria and now COVID, and they're not really, um, you know, involved in air pollution governance. But there are models that can tell us how big an impact air pollution is, and we just don't do it. So, so what is this going to take? Is this going to be like asbestos, where we will need decades and decades of class action for us to take somebody to court for us to, to put a stop to this? Because it doesn't seem like, you know, anybody else is listening. It's just you and a few people listening to the radio, and we're just, I suppose, you know, always in a way also accepting it because we speak about it and then we kind of move on. So I'm glad you mentioned that because Groundwork and Bukani Environmental in, in Bumalanga 
represented by the Center for Environmental Rights, who are based in Cape Town, we have instituted a legal case against the presidency, against mm-hmm. the Minister of Environmental Affairs, against uh, the the Premier of um, Bumalanga, mm-hmm. against and and the crux of that matter, the crux of that case is that air pollution in those places in the high felt priority mm-hmm. area, as mm-hmm. it's as it's designated by government themselves, mm-hmm. has a material and and human rights impact on on their health mm-hmm. and. And it, it breaches their right to an environment that is not harmful to their health in terms of Section 24 of our Constitution. Mm. So that case is going to be heard in, in May. And we want everybody in Gauteng to support us in that litigation. Excellent. We want people to stand up and to say, you know what? Air pollution affects all of us because you can't you can't say to you mm. you can't tell air pollution. I'm sorry, I'm going to close my door and I'm going to close my mm, window. Mm. And it's not going to be air pollution. Mm. You can't do that. And this air pollution that is affecting your health and killing the majority of the people uh, worldwide is air pollution that you can't see, you can't smell it. Mm. But we know it's there because the air pollution monitors in Gauteng, in Mpumalanga, in the Free State, in the Vol Triangle. Those monitors are telling us that the standards are being exceeded all the time. These are health standards. And they by no means the best standards in the world. These mm. are our South African standards. Mm, mm, mm. You know, our standards are not the best standards. Mm. Other places in the world have better standards. Mm. Rico, it's been wonderful talking to you. We'll keep uh, everybody posted. We'll certainly keep an eye on that litigation case. And um, thank you for the work that you do. Thank you for your time, Rico. And thank you. And to you and your listeners, yeah. Thank you. Have a good day. Have a good day. Rico Europido is an environmental health campaign manager at Groundwork. So the question is, what do we do? We go to their website and follow every single case so that you and I can stop smelling the thing that we've been smelling.